Welcome to Spiritual Onion, where we recognize the significance of the onion as a symbol of unity. There are many layers, yet a harmony between them. At Spiritual Onion, we want to peel away the layers of religious thought and psychological insight. We offer an expansive view, revealing the connections that unite all of us. So let's start out by thinking about our tribes. We all start out life in tribes. Our family tribe, I'm an Olbert. We have an ethnic tribal background. Mine is largely German. We have a state tribe. I grew up in Ohio. We might have a church tribe. I'm a Lutheran. And as we are all aware, there are political tribes. When I was eight years old, I was visiting my grandmother. We found ourselves alone in her living room where she raised a bony finger and sternly exclaimed, if you're ever in doubt, vote Democrat. I'm not even sure I knew what a Democrat was at that point, but Grandma was attempting to anchor me in the Democratic tribe. Our sports teams are tribal. Here in Pittsburgh, try wearing a Baltimore Ravens or Cleveland Browns jersey to a Steelers home game, and you might not get out alive. Our tribes provide us with a place to start, a sense of identity, a sense of belonging. The other day at the gym, I had on my Wake Forest basketball t-shirt, and a guy stopped me and told me about his nephew who had played football at Wake. There was an instant connection between us because of the college tribe. As I walked away, he called after me, Go Wake! Tribes can be like onions, wrapping us with layer upon layer of foundational identity. But there are also negatives to our tribal identities. The mind of the group is less well-developed than the individual. A lynch mob is a tribal experience, not an individual one. Carl Jung posits that in a very large group, the collective soul is closer to that of an animal. And there are written and unwritten rules governing any tribe. To remain within the tribe, we must abide by these collective rules or suffer the consequences. In any tribe, we must set aside our individuality in order to integrate the perspectives and boundaries of the tribe. For example, in the Old Testament, we have the Ten Commandments, rules, if you will, for the twelve tribes of Israel. Thou shalt not kill was a rule to ensure the survival of the Israeli tribes. But outside the tribes... Burn that village to the ground, men, women, children, and animals. This tribal mentality, this group mindset, this ancestral perspective was the outlook at the time of Jesus. And within this tribal context emerges Jesus as the first individual. So concludes Fritz Kunkel, a contemporary of Freud and an early transpersonal psychologist. For example, we witness this shift from the tribe to the individual when Jesus quotes the collective Old Testament law, 
you shall not kill. With personal authority, he moves this external tribal command into the inner life of the individual. You have heard it said, you shall not kill. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother shall be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, shall be liable to the fire of Gehenna. Gehenna referred to the valley where the people of Jerusalem burned their garbage, often mistranslated as hell. With this and other teachings, Jesus draws our focus to the soul, where we must be willing to examine our inner life. In this example, we are asked to be conscious of what we do with our anger and rage. Here a shift occurs, where the individual, not groups, not organizations, not congregations, but the individual bears the burden as the sole and natural carrier of spiritual and soulful development. We now look within. We are asked to take into careful account guidance from within, to engage our imagination and creativity, to listen to the whisper of the inner spirit. Each person taking responsibility for his or her own darkness, removing projected anger and rage from our environment, each of us a vessel for the spirit, realizing a higher purpose and meaning for our life. The New Testament scholar Walter Wink translates Jesus' favorite name for himself, Son of the Man, as the human being. In his book by the same name, Wink argues that Jesus is the first and last human being. He writes, we are not yet fully human. For now we are only promissory notes, hints, intimations. But we are able to become more human because the human one has placed his divine spirit within us. He adds, We are not required to become divine, flawless, perfect, without blemish. We are invited simply to become human which means growing through our sins and mistakes, learning by trial and error, being redeemed over and over again from compulsive behavior, being ourselves, scars and all. It means embracing and transforming those elements in us that we find unacceptable. It means giving up pretending to be good and instead becoming real are not the deepest reaches of our humanity born of our wounds. Here we come to the critical issue in our spiritual maturity. There are those who know they have an inner process and those who do not. If we know we have an inner process, we're able to watch, observe, witness this inner process this never-ending inner flow of thoughts, feelings, fantasies, and storylines. Buddhists call this inner process monkey mind, as the monkey swings from tree branch to tree branch, the mind jumps from thought to feeling to idea to sensation 
to intuition, to fantasy, and so on. If we identify with this flow, then we think we are this inner process. Instead, we step back and watch the flow, what Freud called the observing ego or what others have called the inner witness. For much of its existence, the Christian church has instructed its members to follow Jesus through the imitatio Christi, the imitation of Christ. Years ago, this took the form of WWJD, what would Jesus do? Since this spiritual fad faded fairly quickly, people must not have been able to figure out what Jesus would do. If we want to forge our own spiritual path, we must find a different way to follow Jesus. We must imitate Christ by living our own individual life as faithfully and with as much integrity as Jesus lived his life. This is a risky proposition for who wants to end up nailed to a cross. That's why there's safety in being part of a faith community where boundaries are placed around what to believe and how to live. Yet many, or perhaps most, faith communities are not organized around the discipline of transforming its members. In the 50s, Jung declared that the gods have left the church and they aren't coming back. He recognized that the collective faith community no longer provided a living experience of God for the individual. But there is danger when people are no longer contained by a faith community and its religious story. We see this in the quasi-religious QAnon tribe, where lonely and isolated people are psychologically seduced by a belief system that is frighteningly out of touch with reality. Here, I want to appeal to early Christian thinkers who pointed out that the incarnated Christ lives on in each of us. When God became flesh and blood as Christ, it was as though the divine word of God was broken up and thinned out. The creative mind of God now lives on within each of us, so that those of us who fall outside the walls of faith communities can rest assured that the Spirit is available to all. What does this movement of the Spirit in individual lives look like? A young woman business owner mentors young women in her community her business and informal meeting space for these women. A master naturalist who, along with neighborhood children, releases 56 monarch butterflies this summer. A woman starts a renovation business employing people in recovery to renovate homes that can eventually be sold to these people in recovery. Maybe it's time to let the old we hope that you find Spiritual Onion a meaningful partner in your spiritual and psychological life. Join us in two weeks to hear what happens when, takes once again, we peel the Spiritual Onion. And be sure to check out our website at yourspiritualonion.com. Thank you for listening. Nobody knows what awaits the dead.
nobody knows what awaits a dead. Some folks just believe in the things they've heard, things they've read. Nobody knows what awaits a dead. I'm glad I can't go back to where I came from. I'm glad those days are gone and gone for good. If I could take spirits from my past and bring them here, you know I would. You know I would. Nobody speaks to God these days. Nobody speaks to God these days. I like to think he's looking down and laughing. speaks of God these days. When I was a child, they tried to fool me. Said the worldly man was lost and that hell was real. But I've seen hell and mill there at these worlds. One big old Catherine wheel. Well spinning still. Oh, baby, it's time to let the old ways die. Oh, baby, it's time to let the old. 